Welcome everyone to another episode of the best top 5 show on the Explosion Network. Continuing this season's theme, running theme of video games, I want to rank our top 5 favourite first person shooters. FPSs have become the juggernaut of the industry from its humble origins of Wolfenstein 3D to the sales domination of the last 10 years of what is Call of Duty. The guests with me today are Kieran Marchant. Hey guys. And Jack Cruz. What's going on? Not a lot. Well, thank you for joining me today. No, thank you for having me. Yes. I gave I'm you the lo- furniture. <laughs> I gave you the rundown before the show started, so we're counting down our five to one of our favourite mm. FPSs. They're up to you whether you want to do them in any order or not. So I'm gonna start with you, Kieran. What's your first first person shooter? Um, so my first on this list is a game that's very special to me considering it came out in an age where I started to fully be interested in video games and the campaigns of video games. Yep. And it also was a it was a good bonding point for my dad and me because my dad is a very loves history and his favorite time period of history is between World War 1 and World War 2. Um, so he loves the military aspect of that and anything to do with that. Uh, so my first game is going to be Medal of Honor Frontline on the PlayStation 2. Good choice. Um, mm. Because it is the first war first-person shooter that I could really understand. Yep. Um, and until uh, Call of Duty World War Two came out this year, it was, for me, like the best recreation of like the Normandy um, scenes mm. um, that I could see. And it gave a lot of talking points for me to talk to my dad about to understand what was going on, um, kind of like the historic relevance for everything that played out in that game. And... It got to the point where, yeah, the World War Two trope kind of got overplayed at that point. But Medal of Honor Frontline was the first one of those games that I ever played and ever truly understood. And it has a special place in my heart for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Like, I remember getting that and just being blown away at the time of just that opening sequence. And then going through the levels, like hiding in that crate to sneak onto the submarine and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great I, game. I think I got it after when it was big, so I didn't come in. Yeah. I come into yeah. it already experiencing other type of games, but I could still appreciate it. I got it for Christmas in I want to say two thousand five. I think might have been the year it came out, um, or whatever year it was. But it was. I remember it was right after like the um, Saving Private Ryan hype. Like yeah. that, yes. that that movie yeah. came out earlier in the year, and I remember this game coming out. And, um, and like seeing the ads for it on TV and me and dad were like super into like saving private Ryan and that kind of thing. And same thing, like we saw that and we're like, oh, we need to get that. And I remember putting it on like Christmas morning, did all the presents, got the game or whatever. And then like dad being like, put it on. Like I want to, you know, I want to play this. Rah, rah, rah. And we put it in and like that first level. And at the time I pierced too, like nothing special. Now you go back and look at it yeah. but at the time. It's the most amazing thing. And like the bomb hitting the, you know, the boat and flying into the water and the bullets flying through the, through the, like the water and hitting the, the soldiers and that. It was almost like, like a recreation of that first scene from Saving Private Ryan. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, it's a great game. It is fantastic. And I can remember like the tidbit that I always remember. And it's something, and it's what makes me throw back to say it's such a game that Dad and me got close over was that I remember every time I was using the M1 Grand in that game, my dad would either look at it and he'd be like, Americans hated that gun. 
Fucking every time that the, you uh, empty a clip, it pings out and, like, you can hear the sound. And he's like, Americans hated it because they give away your position every fucking time it happened. Mm. And it was just, like, those small tidbits of, like, information that it just... It wasn't always the game. It was just the experience that I have connected to that game. Mm. Yeah. That, a lot of mine are based off experiences, too. Like, not how good the game is. It's just more your memories with it as well. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. All right, Jack, what's your first one? Uh, my number five game is uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Um I, I thought these games, when they came out, were so good. Battlefield Bad Company and Battlefield Bad Company 2 because they came out sort of around the time when like that real battle between COD and Battlefield was starting to ramp up and Battlefield mm. had done a couple of things and, and um, you know, it was that modern warfare type sort of... Yeah, because before Bad Company, it was mainly a PC thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then Bad Company comes out, and it's not the... What I love most about it was the story. Like, I yep. didn't play a lot of multiplayer for it, but the thing I love most about it was the story, because it was this. It wasn't like the, you know, the modern warfare standard GI sort of story of the, you know, serious sort of thing. It was like this ragtag group of, like, you know, the misfits from the army, and they're on this, like crazy adventure and um i just thought it was a really cool take on on that sort of um you know the 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 military the army war story and not your standard sort of gis and grunts and sergeant and taking it really seriously it was funny there was good humor there were great characters the writing was great the characters were great um it was like one of the first games i think on ps3 that had like the destructible environments yep. so going through like those towns and like blowing up the the buildings and stuff like that um it was fantastic i absolutely loved it and and ended on a cliffhanger as well like battlefield Bad company 2 ends on a cliffhanger with like the u.s being invaded and they ne- and I've been waiting for them to do a sequel. I don't know why they haven't done a sequel to this game because um, I believe it sold well, but um, I just it, they just never did it. They went back to the standard, you know, battlefields of the uh, of the PS2, PS3, PS4 era. Yeah, I I played Bad Company One's story and enjoyed that, but I never really played Bad Company 2's story. I was more heavily into the multiplayer game. Mm. But in regards to a multiplayer game, it flowed well, but it was a lot more arcadey compared to the other ones too. Like the classes weren't really balanced. Like the medic also had a machine, like a heavy machine gun. So why would you play any other class? Yeah. (laughs) But it also introduced that wonderful game mode of rush where the attacker has to attack two MCOMs and the defender defends it. And then once they destroy that, it progresses along the map and Mm. it was a long sprawling map across. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's a good game. I enjoyed it. No doubt. The the most satisfying thing about those two games was when they first came out with the you can destroy pretty much anything like yeah, those the first you know, iteration of Frostbite environments. Yeah. Um, because I can know it, there's nothing more satisfying and almost um, redeeming as a gamer to be able to drive a tank into a house and the building fall down. Yeah. yeah. Because the amount of times in games where I drive a tank into a house and the house is still standing and the tank just stops, mm. frustrating as all shit. It's mm. like or you drive it into a metal pole and the metal pole just stands there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there and you're like, fucking hell, this is the best metal pole in the history of human engineering. <laughs> it's something you just take for granted these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, I love those games, like especially the... There was also so, there was almost something less serious about those games. Like I can always remember yeah. before those two games, the the 
aspect or like the viewpoint of Battle uh, Battlefield was that um, it was a very serious and simulation game, and it was hard to get into. Yeah, and those games really threw open the doors and invited a bigger audience into them, which I think is a fantastic thing, not only for the Battlefield franchise but for gaming as overall. Because it did start off, as you said, it started off that war between Battlefield and COD. Yeah, definitely. Um, my first one is Ghost Recon by Red Storm Entertainment, the original one. That game came out in 2001, and I got it on the PS2, and I remember putting countless hours into it. I mean, if you go back to it today, it's pretty bare bones, but, like, it was a first-person shooter, but you could not see... All you saw was a reticle. Like, you could not see the gun gun in your hands or anything like that. But it's a game that first got me interested in, like, the tactical... Like, it was a tactical shooter, so you was a player but you controlled three other squads and it was all about positioning and one shot could kill you and mm. it was more about the tactical side and it first got me interested in military, military history, military technology, all that kind of stuff. And I remember around the time it came out there was like a an army demonstration show in town somewhere and dad took me in to see it and I remember just yakking at this guy there, just some fucking <laughs> poor guy, some, probably some private in the army, and I was just yakking at him about this game <laughs> and all this stuff. And he, yeah, it was just being an 11-year-old kid talking to him about all this stuff, and he's like, oh, this fucking kid probably has no idea what he's talking about. That's great. But yeah, it was a good memory for me, and it's what really got me interested into stuff that I've carried on being interested in my whole life. So, mm. yeah. Did either of you play the original Ghost Recon? No. I did not. I don't think I came into Ghost Recon until... It started to do like the futuristic type. Yeah, the yeah. advanced warfare shooters. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. still it started doing those ones. Advanced Warfighter um, was the first Ghost Recon that I played. Yeah. Um, I think back on PS3, like early PS3, that one came yeah. out. Um, or maybe it was Ghost, maybe it was Advanced Warfighter 2. Yeah. Grawl, I, Grawl and Grawl 2, and then there was another one after that. Yeah. And then there hasn't yeah, it been, been number since. two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it would have been number two. All right. What's your next one, Kieran? Um, my next one. So when I originally re- wrote this list, three games instantly made it on the list. And the first one of those three games um, is a game that's very interesting. I think I don't think you could meet a gamer, well, maybe today because of the generation gap that started, but I don't think you can make a gamer that doesn't have some kind of recollection of this game, even if it's like seeing it at a friend's house. But um, James Bond Goldeneye hmm. for the Nintendo yep. 64... Um, for me was, even though if you go back and play it, it's like the jankiest controls, <laughs> its aiming system was terrible. I don't understand how anybody shot anybody in that game. No, you just played a odd job and yeah. you know, oh, karate chopped their kneecaps. The <laughs> it's what the thing, and like every, like there was always the household rule of, you know, nobody was allowed to play odd job because it I was, was a always crap the guy odd job. But <laughs> it's interesting for me because A, that, it was a good, it was a great single player game. Except for the escort missions. I can't remember what the Russian girl's name is, but she was horrible. Natalia. Yeah, that's it. Natalia, that's it. She was so frustrating. Um, but it started... A, what I think is James Bond has some pretty good games come out. After that, like, there was Nightfire and Age yeah, of Yeah, I remember Fire. playing some good ones on PS2. And I, and I really enjoyed those ones. But for me, the, it's almost like the multiplayer of that game is brings people together. And it's... It shows some signs of things that come in the future that create some of my favourite shooters of today. So, 
that that whole character selection of that game is um, very interesting, especially with you know, Objob being a different size, and you know the different character skins. They yeah, most of them are just skins, but yeah. everybody had their favorite. The big like, head. Everybody had <laughs> yeah, yeah, DK mode. Yeah, everybody had their favorite, DK and mode. you put all the modes and. Yeah, no, it was the first. It was the first memory I have of like split screen competitive play, hmm. um, in a game. I used to love fucking around in like um, there was like some sort of underground facility type thing that was all mm. caves and stuff and just putting proximity mines everywhere. yeah the proximity mines and you could change the different game modes so you had to be yeah. like mines only or slappers only or um, <laughs> far out there yeah, that was an awesome awesome game um, yeah I spent many 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 hours with that with Goldeneye yeah it's one of the few games too that my dad would play with us me and my brother too because he's not a gamer in any sense of the word, but it was one yeah. that he would play with us and enjoy it. Yeah, no doubt. I think once it got past the Nintendo 64 era, it just got too much for him. Yeah, yeah a bit yeah. too complicated or yeah, too full. Yeah. yeah, I understand that. All right, what's your next one, Jack? Uh, next, number four on my list is Wolfenstein The New Order. So I'd never really been into Wolfenstein um, as it existed, sort of, I never played Wolfenstein 3D. I never played any, like, the PS2 games or the PS, uh, PS3. I think there was, like, a couple of early PS3 games. I-, I was aware of Wolfenstein, and I was always intrigued by that sort of alternate history with the Nazis having won and, and all that stuff. I always found it really interesting, but I never, like, deep-dived into it. I never had never played a game. And The New Order was a game that I... It was my first PS4 game, so, like, I bought it, um, when I bought my PS4 and it like sat there while I was moving houses before I like even plugged it in. It was the first game I played on my PS4 and um, just straight away, like I just fell in love with it. So the way that they were able to turn a character like BJ Blazkowicz into a character you actually cared about, yeah. not not the... Because I went back then and like looked into like the series and he oh, he's just been like the, the, you know, the mindless, nameless, voiceless jug, you know, yeah. jughead for you know, he's basically his entirety. Um, and what they were able to do with with an amazing premise of like the Nazis winning and using and you know, because we all know like the history of like Hitler and all that was really into the occult and that kind of stuff and technology and those sorts of things and them actually being able to use those things and 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 use the technology and win the war and this this awesome story of him being it's a little half like not believe sort of being in stasis or in a coma or whatever he's yeah. in for as a vegetable for like 10 years and then he comes out of it and all of a sudden he's like this killing machine who can walk again. And, um, you know, it was just, it was, it caught, really caught me off guard. Um, and, and you know, not, not just the story and the, the, the gameplay and the setting, but the, um, sorry, not just the story and the characters and the setting, but the gameplay as well is really awesome. So yeah, the stealth is really fun. Um, dual wielding assault rifles and shotguns and killing Nazis, like just brutalizing Nazis is almost the most fun you can have in a video game, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Wolf and, of the Wolfenstein series now. And specifically of that game, that's my favorite in the series. Do you ever think you'll go back and play any of the older ones or make an effort to? Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to just, especially like, um, you know, 3d and that and like go yeah. back and play, pay homage to the uh to the originals and just sort of see where it all began and um i'm not too interested in like the ps3 or ps2 ones because the ps3 one wasn't that great return yeah. to castle wolf and storm was pretty good yeah so um I, i'd like to think so yeah yeah i can agree with that like 
I really enjoyed the new order or mm. the newer one, not as much as that, but yeah, yeah, I, there was just so many memorable moments in that, and every every time I think of that game, the London Monitor is always in my head. Yeah, and that bridge with the the big cable ball thing, how it yeah. shoots out all the cables oh. and it spins and yeah. destroys the bridge and that. Crazy. It was a great game, yeah. and tied into that thing, like the w- alternate history, kind of like um. Mm. Oh, what is it? The Man from the High Castle type of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, the Man in the High Castle. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm excited for. I'm, I'm excited that this series has found new life, and then mm. you know, they, obviously, um, Machine Games has done an awesome job with it, and hopefully, they continue to iterate on it and, and build on it. And I, I really liked the second one, but I yeah. just felt like there was something amiss there. Yeah. But um, I, I love the New Order absolutely. For me, the Wolfenstein New Order was like a first-person stabber rather than a first-person shooter because I went through so much of that game with just the knives because mm. that's the type of player I am is I just like using knives in those types of games. But the sad thing for about the New Order is how many people have like played maybe the first like half an hour of that game and stopped? Because that I, prologue I've never, is... I've never, ever understood this argument. Really? Because I, I, hate, I hated this prologue. Like, the pro- I stopped... I don't know. Like, I stopped for me, and I don't know why it is. I stopped when I originally played that game. I stopped before you even got to the castle? Like, before you even got, like... Uh, and when you I don't know the if trenches. it's just... Because, yeah. Yeah, like, because I did all that stuff, and it just, for me, it felt like it was dragging, and then I put it down, and I got distracted by something else, and I didn't go back till last year, where I kind of pushed through, and I think that prologue is a little slow, in my opinion, really? but... I've never understood this, because you're in the plane... Like you're shooting down the, the, and I never, like I never, I remember when this game first came out, and Cole Moriarty said the exact same thing. He's like, I, you know, that first bit is just terrible. I'm like, I don't understand. It's like you shoot the plane, or you're in the plane. You got to go back and forth and fix some stuff. It's sort of like the tutorial. Yeah. And you're in, the, you're in the cockpit. You're shooting down the fight, the other fighters, and then the plane crashes, and you've got to like swim for like two seconds, and you've got to run through a trench. Past like a big dog, and then basically you're there and you get guns, and like it's like five minutes. I've no, I don't understand. For yeah. for me though, it the, that game. What drove me for the rest of that game, and what I loved about the rest of that game so much, were the characters, and I feel like I was missing that character in the start portion of that game. Like, other than having um, Fergus around every now and then, I felt like that part of the game was very um, empty of that character that I grew to love throughout the rest of the game you know as soon as you got past the like the actual pro what I think is should, like the prologue section and you got to the time skip after the time skip that game's amazing in my opinion like the storytelling is something to be studied and worked on for games in the future but yeah I just find in my opinion like that prologue drags on for so long hmm all right, my next one is Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare. Hmm. This you do this to me every time. <laughs> <laughs> put it, put them earlier on your list. <laughs> this game, like I loved the previous Call of Duty games in World War Two, but this game first showed you what a shooter could be that wasn't World War Two, hmm. what a mainstream shooter could be, and just so many memorable moments in the campaign, like. The, f- the level where... The first level where you soap and you go in on the chopper and assault the ship and it goes mm. down and you escape that. And then, like, the cut... Like, the interactive cutscene where you're playing the Middle Eastern president or whatever and you get dragged through the streets in the car and get executed. Mm. Spoilers and, like... 
the US <laughs> soldiers coming in, assaulting Middle East, and then they're getting out because the bomb goes off, and mm-hmm. there's a nuclear explosion and you die. Like, yeah. how often does that happen that in a civil plane campaign? That was so yeah. crazy. And the no Russian... Uh, yeah, oh my god. Oh, no, no, no Russian was Modern Warfare 2, the, the sniper level. Yeah, the sniper one where you get Chernobyl. Chernobyl. And, oh, yeah. God, so yeah. good. The tension in that moment in that game was, like, palpable. Not only that, it also elevated the deathmatch shooter as well in multiplayer. Like, it added the perks of different weapons, the progression and stuff. And it was before the later Call of Duties 2 where the perks and upgrades and attachments and that got stupid crazy. It was simple enough, like it gave you that extra bit to work for and it didn't throw out the balance completely either. So yeah, I have memorable moments for that game and I think it's the pinnacle in the series for me personally. Mm. Yeah. For me, that game has my favourite collection of maps out of any... Yeah, it's also got the one DLC map pack. That's it. Yeah, like it's everything... I don't think there's any maps where I would go, oh, I don't like this map. Yeah. As I do with a lot of other shooters... I remember putting hours just into shipment, which was a small square yep. with shipping, like with cargo containers, because yep. that map was hours and hours of playing like knives only or shotguns only or messing around with that and just putting hours into that with friends. And the story was something else. Like Price is Captain Price is one of my favorite like first person <laughs> shooting characters. He's such a badass, mm. and there was just something about that game that stepped it up and brought it to a new level of this is what a first person shooter is now everyone needs to step up to this level this is what a campaign is you need to be on this level for a campaign yeah Yeah, it sort of changed everything didn't it yeah there was so much to that game and even just like how it iterated itself then in the future games of that Modern Warfare series was really important and the multiplayer phenomenon that that game started um Probably, you know, a lot of games nowadays have that game to thank for why they're so big and able to make so much money. Very much so. Do you have any memories with it, Jack? Yeah, yeah. I, I say, like I echo. I, I never played any of the multiplayer. Um, yeah. I, I think the first COD multiplayer I ever played was Ghosts, um, like well, well and truly down the track. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I did, like I, I loved the campaign. Like I said, it. it sort of changed everything from an aspect like I, I for some reason I like cared about those characters yep. like it made you care about soap it made you care about ghost it made you care about like price like these got these were like characters that you wanted to like root for and succeed and I don't know how they did it because they were like just your shallow GI sort of type characters but it did yeah. like you you had an attachment to them and then it moved into modern warfare 2 and um, in modern warfare 3 and you know the the way that that story evolved over those three games um yeah, it was just it 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 like Kieran said, it revolutionised what the first person shooter market is now. Like, yeah, it 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 was the moment. Modern Warfare was the mo like, and they were building to it with like World at War was really well received, but it was World the War moment was afterwards. Was it? I thought yeah. World at War was uh, was Call of Duty one two three Modern Warfare four Fair. Modern Warfare Modern uh-huh. Warfare then five was World at War. There you go. I thought. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, well, then it it was it was the game that like killed Medal of Honor. Yeah. Yep. Did indeed. Although that modern that modern metal uh, metal of honor they did wasn't too bad actually. 
The Warfighter one? Is no, that... Warfighter was the one after that. I heard Warfighter. Oh, okay. I never played Warfighter. I was, thought it was terrible. I really liked that Medal of Honor, that um, that first modern one that they did. Yeah, it, so did people I. said that they hated it, but I thought I thought it was good. The story was There's cool. one particular mission there that I loved was where you're holding off, like you're in this little hut and you're holding off just an onslaught. Mm. All like the Taliban yeah. just coming at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It reminded me of um, like years later when I saw um, Lone Survivor. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of that game. Yeah. Thrown in. Oh, sorry, that situation. movie. Yeah. All right, what's your next one, Kieran? Because Nick has once again stolen <laughs> something off my list, this week I prepared extras just in case. Um, so I'm going to add into this one the phenomenon that is Half-Life. <laughs> <laughs> that game, um, I loved Half-Life. That game I remember playing through on PC. It's probably the, the first original PC one? game I ever played. Pardon? Which one are you in the particular? The first Half-Life. Yeah, the okay, first yeah. Half-Life for me. Um, because Half-Life 2 you're a dirty piece of crap and you need to give me that episode three or episode or half-life three please but that first game just having gordon freeman and just those characters with such the array of weaponry and the different guns like um the gravity gun and just that element of the aliens and the storytelling through that i found awesome just it's one of those games that once again, if I went back and played it, I'd probably think it was terrible. <laughs> and I've seen people play it recently, and it looks really bad. But I can never remember... Like, I can always remember, like, the first, like, ten minutes where you're walking through Black Mesa, and you're, like, yeah. you know, walking around, interacting with stuff, and seeing the co-workers move around there, and then, you know, you go into the lab, and everything goes tits up. Yeah. Um, but that game... You know, I've never loved a crowbar as much as that game makes <laughs> me like a crowbar. Like, mm. there's, there's certain things where games have like an iconic weapon tied to them yeah and for that it's the crowbar is the symbolism of half-life and what that became um for a gaming community and you know started valve which you know probably without that yep. game we wouldn't have counter-strike which is and counter-strike and you know it's, it's ridiculous yeah there's a lot um i played the original half-life and i thought it was okay but it really stood out to me when I played the spin-off games Opposing Force and Blue Shift. Blue yep. Shift you played as a security guard in Black Mesa and you're just sitting there doing your job and then it all goes belly up and you're like, what the fuck am I going to, what the fuck am I going to do here? And you're just trying to escape. And then Opposing Force is you play as one of the soldiers that you fight against in Half-Life 1. The, the soldiers yep. that come in and try to clean the, everything try up. Try to clean up. And yeah. the tutorial of that game is pretty much the beginning full metal jacket you have the drill sergeant screaming in your face mm. telling you to do all this stuff and it's just that's what stands out to me when i think of half-life as opposed to the gordon freeman side of it mm. yeah. yeah okay fair enough mm. i Did played you... half-life when it i got it on ps2 um, it was actually the same christmas that i got um frontline frontline and yeah, um it been around the same uh, I remember like playing through it and enjoying it for like the first couple of hours, and then somehow I got I like there's like a bit where you you go down like a like an elevator sort of thing platform like a yep. flying platform, and somehow I managed to fall off the platform and act and somehow save the game <laughs> while I was falling, and so I was just in a perpetual state of dying and. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how or why it happened, but that was the end of Half-Life for me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, what's your next one, Jack? 
well, I'm going to, seeing as Kieran's, uh, I didn't know we could swap things out because of uh, double up. So Medal of Honor Frontline was actually my, um, was, it was going to be my second pick, but um, I'll just, I'll move my third pick down to two and I'll chuck in one here. But uh, Doom is my uh mm. is one for me so the the most the most recent one specifically that was um that's been released for ps4 and xbox one um just like similar to similar but not similar to what um they did with uh you know what with with wolfenstein with rebooting wolfenstein they've sort of done the same thing with doom but they've almost double down on what doom is and there's yeah. there is a story there with doom and the this mystic like the doom slayer or whatever and there is like this story there that's like you've got to dig deep for it and you've got to listen to all the audio audio files and, and that kind of thing and um but that like they went full like doom with that game like that from the very moment you like get up you get into the elevator you get the shotgun and it's just like the heavy metal music kicks in it's like dun, 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 dun. and it's just like from go to woe, it is just this crazy, blow shit up, fast-paced battles, dual-wielding, fucking bombs and grenades and shotguns and just uh, amazing. Just, just a blast. Like, and, and just, like, the way, when I think about that game, I just think, fuck, that was so much fun. Because yeah. it, like, it was just fun. Like, from the very beginning to the end, it did not stop. There was no lulls. It just it went at that pace the entire time. And it was challenging enough where you would get into, like, massive battles in these rooms. And they were, they were very much like... It was like an arena shooter. It reminded me a little bit of, like, Unreal Tournament from back in the yeah. day. It was just like, you'd get to a point, you'd get into a room, and it'd be like... You know, you've got your guns and your couple of power-ups, and it's just like, bounce around, double jump around, and that fast paced movement and the, the music kicks in and like that, you know, you get in this room and the heavy metal music kicks in. It's just like fucking boom. And yeah, yeah. Oh, love it. I really didn't like it to be honest. What? Yeah. It just was not my jam at all. Like I oh, loved wow. doom one and two doom three. I played a little bit of, but I wasn't huge on, but I think my taste outgrew that type of game. Oh, like, wow. I just couldn't jive with it. That's Myself. crazy to me. Yeah. It, it, for me, it was like a real, like, palate cleanser. Like, yeah. it just came at a time where I'd played... I think I was... I can't remember what I'd been playing. I think I played through, like, like an RPG or something like that. I'd come off something like that. Um, I'll have a look through my trophies and I'll, I'll tell you exactly, like, what I'd been playing at that time. But um, it was just like, I just needed something like that. Yeah. So I I actually I just played like um like Alien Nation and Gone Home yeah. and a heap of little games and like Lords of the Fallen I was playing for some reason and then it was like Doom and I was just like fuck like I didn't know how much I needed a game like this it was just dumb fun yeah do you have any experience with it Kieran it's in my backlog mm. it is in my backlog and I've not touched it but what the experience I do have is um when I was sitting at home and watching dad play it because it is very much like my dad's perfect game yeah because we love doom both of us love the original doom but my dad gets really frustrated watching me play games because if in a game if there's ever a non-lethal option yeah i'll always do it i'll always take it like i'll do do the non-lethal i'll i'll be stealthy and dad always watches me play and he goes just just get a gun shoot that guy (laughs) blow his head off Shoot that guy. You know, this is what you're playing a game for. Just shoot. I'm like, you no, said dad. dad not. He's not Dylan. But, like, he's literally, like, in Doom is just him and 
going nuts with guns yeah. and, you know, getting guns like the BFG and stuff, which is like one of my dad's favorite guns of all time in mm. video games. Yes. Yeah. It's just crazy, hectic hell. And I do want to go back to it at some point. I may even, just when you mentioned it, I'm like, hey, I could, you know, that's something interesting to stream that I could have fun with. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it's one of those games that I think everybody will get around to playing it. You might not like it, but I think it does It does have seem to have that palate nature of palate cleansing quality that we don't get that kind of game anymore. We don't get games mm. that often, which is just mindless violence, just mindless running and gunning and being a total badass yeah, like it's, it's not ashamed of what it is that's for sure yeah. yeah exactly and you know there's in video games like doom guy is like one of the top five badasses of all time like yeah shit that guy's been through space marine so like, i bought it just for stacy because she loves playing the doom games for some reason <laughs> yeah yeah just plays one two three and i bought three on the ps3 for it because it become with one two and then this one on the switch show you yeah she just loves just going around shooting shit mm. but it's not to, I don't know, or, I'm saying she don't, can't handle complex games, but it's a lot more simple <laughs> than other, other type of games, if you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but there's yeah, not much you. depth to it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. It's random me, isn't it? It is. It is. Um, my next one is called Red Orchestra Ostfront 41 to 45. It was made by... <laughs> made by did you just... <laughs> the fuck did you just say to me <laughs> made by tripwire games it started life as an unreal tournament 2003 mod can you uh repeat the title of that game please how russian is that game red okay, orchestra ostra oh ost front 41 to 45 ost front 41 to 45 shit. sounds like a unreleased square enix rpg from the like mid 2000s yeah as i said it started as a mod and then nvidia run a competition way back when mm. called make something unreal and the winner of that competition got an unreal engine license and money to make a game and then they brought out this game yeah and what it is it's a i forget how many players it was i think it was like 24 players aside like but it was it was a world war Two shooter Oops. but it included gruesome hey oh you're looking it up yeah, yeah, it's yeah. got some screenshots. Got some limbs hanging off and shit. It's uh, to compare it. It's similar to a battlefield game, sort of, as if it's two forces fighting combined arm um, battles against each other, and you got to capture points. But mm -hmm. it's leans more on the realistic side, and just the fact of after the all the classes are limited, so. You could only have one, one sniper a game, like two machine gunners, a couple of enemy tank guys, and the rest were just all basic riflemen. And it just made being a rifleman fun too. Like you shot, and you'd real you'd have to click the button again to cycle <laughs> the bolt. And it's just the way that it would all come together, and the map designs and the historic but history behind it just captured my imagination back when I got it. Oh, be years ago now. I'd put hundreds of hours into it yeah back when i first got my first gaming my own personal first gaming pc yeah um, yeah it's not yeah. a very well-known game but now they've made the tripwise evolved into making they've made red orchestra 2 a vietnam version and they've done the killing, killing floor, floor games oh, yeah. yeah cool yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. nice yeah. No, uh, I have no experience with Red Air Orchestra. But I do want to say that I admire, and one of the things I love about you, Nick, is your niche of video games. <laughs> your niche of this, like, 
as realistic as possible, like survival shooters. These games yeah. like Escape from Tarkov, and you know any game that has like a Spoilers. really. Oh, okay. Oh, of course it's coming in this list. All right, I'm gonna quit the podcast before you say anything <laughs> about that. But um, that game, and just you know, that's why when I saw like not a first person shooter, but when I saw Kingdom Come Deliverance come out a couple of weeks ago, I was like, that's a Nick game. Yep. That right there, that's a fucking Nick game right there. And no <laughs> shit, you were loving the crap out of that game. So it's it's I admire that you have your niche of games and you you stick to them and you share your love for them. Yep. So I appreciate. Know what that. I like. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. Refined palate. A man, a man who knows what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kieran, what's your next one? Um, a game series that keeps popping up in our top fives that we've done all the episodes I've been a part of is Halo. Halo's been very involved in a lot of things with our favourite weapons or our favourite vehicles and stuff. And so I looked today because I knew Halo had to be part of my list. But which Halo? Because... To they, go with the, each... the original? Is this a... No. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the franchise at the moment. Right. And so I loved each of them but my favourite Halo and the Halo I've put on this list is Halo Reach. Um, which is kind of the odd one out of the st- of the actual franchise because it's the it's the second game without Master Chief in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out at a weird time where some of us were a bit confused about you know is Halo Three the last Master Chief game? Do we get another Master Chief game ever? Um, and Halo Reach was this amazing story of real characters like this. We've been so long with Master Chief and Cortana. And that, you know, that small pocket of characters in this world and how big they are in the world, sure. But we've had their story. It was so nice. And ODST, I didn't connect with that much. ODST is probably my least favorite. Is that the one you play as, like, the squad of Master Chiefs? Um, well, yes, like Reaches. Oh, okay. So Reaches. Is Reaches that, are, ODST is you just a basic grunt, then? You're a basic, yeah. yeah, you're a basic soldier. Like, you're a, you, they, like, ODST is a orbital drop space trooper or some shit. Yeah. Um, and you, you were, like, somebody who got dropped into a city and you had to work from there. I didn't connect with it as much, but, yeah, um, Reach is about, um, Spartans. So more Spartans like Master Chief. And it's a prequel. So it's a prequel to the events just before Halo, um, the first Halo. So in Reach, you actually go and collect Cortana from her inventor. You have to deliver it to the the ship that Master Chief is on at the end of the game. Um, And you grow to um, love the characters. You're playing um, Noble Six, who is a brand new member of their team, and each character has their very like their own specialties and whatever. But there's nothing more... more and Minus... Well, pretty big spoilers. The end of that game, you, you deliver Cortana to the ship, yep. and the ship leaves without you on it. Oh. Um, and then you have to... The ending scene of that game is you trying to survive as long as you can against an endless wave of um, grunts, of like elites just constantly flooding you, and you slowly run out of ammo yeah. of all your guns. And then you kind of have to, you know, resign to your fate. Yeah. and Sounds very similar like a, to that, uh, that Medal of Honor mission too, yeah. Yeah, you kind of resign to your fate and you go down swinging. And that game had so much character that I didn't think Halo could produce yeah. for me. Halo, for me, is never... It's like a cool action sci-fi movie. For me, Halo is... I don't overly 
like care about the characters. I don't care about Cortana and Master Chief. That changes a bit down the road. But that game, like Reach, really um, created a special, you know, appreciation for character development yeah. in those games. I can't comment to that, but I enjoyed yeah, I don't my think time with <laughs> playing Halo 1 and 2 at my friend's place. But yeah, like yeah. I can understand how Halo is so... What's the word? Revered? Yeah, or revered, yeah. Like, I can understand. It's got a special like, place, especially for... It's very game. hard to make a game of that calibre. Like, by all reports, like the, later, the later ones in the series aren't as well received. Halo 4 is pretty well received. Halo 5 was not good. Yeah. Well... Eh, it's storyline was just annoying. Yeah, it's that's one we play from two viewpoints, isn't it? Yeah, isn't that yes. the one where they're like, I, I've never played a Halo game, but um, it was like the, all the all the stuff that was happening in the trailers was just not in the game. Correct. Yeah. Like the storyline that they built for the trailers was not the storyline of the game <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, false so, so it's really, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, okay. And it kind of left a bit of taste in everybody's mouth. But mm. the original, you know, five Halos is like the, not in get number order, but the original five in release yep. um, all have pretty special places in everybody's heart who are Microsoft fans. Um, what's your next one, Jack? Uh, my next one. So what was originally three, but Metal of Honor Frontline was two. So it was now my number two is uh, Bioshock, the original Bioshock. Yep. Um, a, a game I got to really late. Um, like, I want to say towards the end of like the PS3 life cycle late. And obviously it was a, it was originally an Xbox 360 exclusive and then came to PlayStation like a year or so later and all of that. But um, just a, like a game that I had... Like it was one of those games, you know. There's, you know, there's always like that that big game that you miss. There's always like the, everyone's got that one or two games that they never played that everybody loves. Like that they just they've never got to whatever. Yeah. Like some people yeah. haven't played a Final Fantasy. Some people haven't played a Metal Gear Solid. And that was Bioshock for me. I'd I'd never played Bioshock, and everyone always talked about it like it was this amazing thing. It was this great game. It was this awesome first person shooter. And I looked at it. and I'm like, I remember seeing like screenshots. I'm like, it's just like weird fucking big dudes and like I'm like okay I'm like that's sure whatever and anyway so I jumped in and um was just absolutely in love from like the moment you like in you're in the plane and then you're in like the water and then you're in rapture and that whole world and the storytelling the way that that they like the just the storytelling of how that world collapsed on itself and um the characters and then the that that twist at the end and the would you kindly just the whole package of bioshock and, the, and even like the game itself like was had like has an interesting control control scheme yeah um and but like the um what are they called in in bioshock like not your magic but uh, the bioplasmids yeah Plasm- i know what yeah. you're talking about plasmids yeah, yeah. Or yeah i think the yeah, plasmids and like you know, just mixing those up and having different like combinations of that with the different guns and, and it can be quite like another big portion of Bioshock is it can be quite scary as well. It's like, yeah, it's very know, horror. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, especially in the early parts when you just sort of like ammo is scarce and you're just sort of cruising around and there's, um, there's bloody like the, the splices or whatever, they're freaky and they run up on you. And then like the first time you encounter a big daddy and it's just this like, it reminds me of like it's like a small scale horizon where you're like fighting yeah. the big like dinosaurs or whatever. Um, Aren't they also you can they can be non-hostile unless you go after the little sisters? 
Yeah, so they, they will walk around and patrol an area as long as you don't fuck with them or um, don't directly annoy them. Yeah, there's yeah. there's some mechanic, yeah, about like you can avoid them and, or they can be on your side or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, at, you know, the only negative I can, like many games, falls under the... And games are getting better at it nowadays, but fell under the trope of having to have the the big bad boss fight at the end. Mm. Whereas Andrew it Ryan, did... Yeah. It did not need... It was like, oh, he's Andrew Ryan, he's got heaps of plasmids in him, and now he's this big scary monster. And it's like, yeah. did not did not need to do that. It could have just been, you know, you walk into the room and you shoot Andrew Ryan in the head and that's the end of it. But they yeah. turned him into the big bad monster. Um, reminded me very much of um, Batman Arkham Asylum. It's like this awesome game that leads up and then the end boss fight is just like super jacked Joker. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Um, it was pretty much exactly the same as that. But um, yeah. that... Uh, that yeah, that game it holds a special place in my heart. It's in my like top twenty-five like favorite games of all time. Um, the world that they built as well, like attached like with Bioshock Two, uh, Bioshock, sorry, Bioshock Two, Bioshock Infinite. I never played Bioshock Two, um, but with Bioshock Infinite and the way they all tie in, um, I think is really really brilliant. Bioshock Two is actually surprisingly good. In my yeah, opinion. I've heard that it's oh, um, yeah yeah I've heard the really, story of that a lot, game a lot better than what people give it credit for. Yeah yeah. yeah. Um, for me, Bioshock falls into the same category as Fight Club for me, um, where the twist in that game made me want to replay that game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So you can like, like pay attention to all the stuff as you leave. Yeah, I thought you were going like, to talk about know. it. Is this what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you don't talk about Bioshock. Well no, it's, you know, as soon as Fight Club, as soon as I saw, you know, the twist at the end of Fight Club, I was into the, I want to rewatch so I can you know, watch this with the knowledge of one of the characters isn't real. And so you replay Bioshock with the knowledge of, you know, you're mind controlled and oh my God, it's just like eyes open. You're mm. just like, holy mm. fuck, yeah. how did I not notice any of this yeah. shit? And the whole would you kindly thing. I've yeah, always, like how, I've always wanted how did to I just... not notice this? Like yes. I just thought it was game design. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Fuck, fucking hell. The best thing about that too um, is picking up the audio logs and not having to stand there to listen to them. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yes, more games need to do that. Just let me uh, continue my adventure while audio logs are playing, please. Yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, and that would go like the like the fall of that city in this, you know, this utopia that was meant to be rapture and it sort of just falls apart and yeah, finding that through the, like the, the, the meta story in the audio logs was, um, yeah, it was really good. It's a very special game. And, um, I, I hope that someday that franchise can be revived and, and we can get a continuation yeah. of it. Not a, definitely not a re I don't think it needs to be rebooted. I just think just continue on that with the, the way that they all tie in and that kind of thing. I think it'd be interesting because Bioshock was a spiritual successor to System, System Shock. Shock yeah. I'd like to see another spiritual successor in a completely different setting. Mm. Like our System Shock was space and like on a space station well, they, which is I mean, underwater. They, and, yeah. yeah, well, they did that like, with Infinite. Like Infinite's the, you know, in Columbia in the sky or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, so like, I'd like, yeah, maybe, I, mean, I don't know what you could do, maybe something in the desert or... Yeah, the, the outback, or who knows, like something like that. But yeah, I, I just I'd love for that that franchise to continue on. All right, my next one is Stalker: Shadow of Chernobyl. Um, when this game, no, I know this one. It's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> made by GSC Game World. Um, this game captured my imagination. Like I use that a lot, but I go through. This is where I first become incredibly interested in old Soviet architecture, the history and all that. And the story of it is, is you're a guy that wakes up with amnesiac and you've got 
someone says you got to go kill this guy and then it just goes on it's set in the chernobyl exclusion zone where in the history of this world what's happened like the aftermath and that of the chernobyl meltdown is started creating mutants and things with psychic powers and Mm. crazies and artifacts and all these different factions are going in there like there's scientists want to study it there's people that want to exploit it and sell stuff off there's the military Mm. trying to stop anyone doing anything and just trying to just navigating that desolate world exploring like Perifiat, all the old military installations and finding off all these different mutants and scavenging weapons and ammo and stuff and being all like scarce and good ammo was hard to come by like you'd have this shitty ammo and all that it's <laughs> just this game like i spent hours and hours and hours and just exploring it's the desolate world the atmosphere of it just was phenomenal it's just something i hadn't experienced before in a game i, I remember that um Oh, these guys did Cossacks. I used to love Cossacks. Um, I did. Uh, I do. I remember that that um, that box cover with the, yeah. the yellow face on it. Yeah, I do yeah. remember that game. Yeah, never played it, but I do remember it. Yeah. Did you play it at all, Kieran? I played bits of it. Wasn't this one of the games that got robbed of a sequel? No, it got oh, two it sequels. Sequel. Yeah, it got two sequels. It got. I always, for some reason, in my brain, Prey and this game get very mixed up, and they're very different games. But. Yeah. Um. I remember seeing bits. I can't remember if I've, now that I think of it. I can't remember if I have played it. I've just seen a lot of it, um, and I always I'm interested in that game that those types of games where they pick a very um, non-explored piece of history or environment for you to explore because it's you know it brings in more information and it inspires people like yourself to look into a new topic and look into, you know, Chernobyl itself. Chernobyl is something that I don't think enough people nowadays really think about or look back on um, that I think is fascinating, especially the Soviet Union. Like, that that whole um, era is such an interesting thing to look back on. So um, I remember, like, even just to, like, detail, like, Animal Farm is, like, my first... um, like recollection of being like with Russia and stuff yep. and the Soviet Union and stuff like that. And that is um it's an interesting and I like it's interesting thoughts and I like it when games do something that is different to the yeah. way everything else is. So it's like nowadays like Russia has this like I'm not saying anything they do is above board or not mm-hmm. evil, but like mm-hmm. they have such a deep history that you can go back and learn stuff from and like, it hasn't always been like that. They're just... Just like us, people... People in the country are just trying to get along, live their lives. And, like, just going back and learning about that stuff back from, like, the White Russia with the Tsars and then overthrown in the um, World War and the Bolshevik, Bolshevik Revolution and then all through the Soviet Union area, the fall of the Berlin Wall and all that. It's just... Like, I understand history is a topic not everyone's interested in, but it is a period of history like a, a whole era of history that people just overlook that i find mm. yeah yeah all right kieran what's your next one last one my last one and if you've been keeping on our twitch or if you've seen me and i talk about it every now and then will be one particular game um no hero shooters it's overwatch <laughs> um <laughs> because that game i have taken up like, I started playing that game again in December. I originally played it when it first came out, 
took time off to do other like play other games that I was interested in and then came back to it and I played I probably put a good 10 to 20 hours into it every week now um, and it's just one of those games that the base game itself fantastic like the gameplay I love the different the range of characters that's always growing and changing I love um, but on top of that the the story and the lore involved in that that game and like the backstories of all the characters and just the effort that Blizzard goes through to f- f- to build out those characters is just fantastic. The little like CGI movies they do after for like they release three before the game came out, and that's what hyped me about the game was these CGI movies that were um, about like building characters. And even though the game itself makes no sense because you're like. No matter what the history of this game is, like you can play any combination of characters, and it's yeah. very much like a MOBA in that fashion. But, and that's the thing, I think it's the reason I love it so much is because of my love of MOBAs, and that this one is so easy to consume, and it's so interesting, especially like. And I find it fascinating talking to people who play Overwatch on console. So, like, a um, friend of the show, Sam, um, from um, the Casual Cast and Banter Lab, he plays specifically on console, and I have chats with him about it. And there are characters that he doesn't see on console because mm. there's no auto-aim, and it's a pain in the ass. Like, there's the Widowmaker's one of the snipers. Yeah. He's like, that character's never in console. Because nobody can play it. And it's like, oh, okay, shit. Like, there's such a difference between the games. And so much that Overwatch has spawned. Like, it's been going for two years. doesn't seem to be slowing down. It won so many awards in the first year it was out. And it pissed people off because it kept winning Game of the Year. <laughs> and it's not... Like, they're still adding characters. Like, we're waiting for the next the character to come out in the next month. Um, Overwatch League is currently going and is massive. Um, it's it's a pheno- it's for me it's a phenomenon and I mm. love that game and I'm happy for um, to play it more and more if anybody wants to play. Well, Blizzard better than anyone treats their games with love. They mm. like just the other week there was a patch for Warcraft Three, hmm. fucking a game that's over a decade old and they're still patching and fine tuning it, and just the way they treat it with love and. Even the cinematics they create for their games are just works of art. I remember and, like Diablo two back in the day, and like just yeah, the cinematics that they had for those games were yeah. I mean, this is like way back in like the early two thousands, and yeah, um, on like playing it on like a rundown PC, and it was like the the best thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, yeah, like I, I'm not as enamored with Overwatch as you are. It's so far from my niche. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opposite end yeah. of the spectrum of your but niche. But I, I can still... You don't... Wait, wait. You have unlimited ammo? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> but I, like... I... My problem with it is I don't have a character that I'm any good at. I think the best I'm, the best at it I am is Torbjorn. I just put down a fucking turret and repair it every now oh and again. Oh my god, your player get, <laughs> get me started. <laughs> But just the community around it, play, well, not even the community, but if you find a group of friends to play with, like yourself and Dylan and your group of friends, like it can be just elevate the experience. Yep. It's, yeah, definitely it yeah. is. It's one of those games that playing with friends makes it 10 times better and having, you know, stories and stuff. Like, you know, we, we play random heroes or mystery heroes quite a lot. Yeah. And you, you know, every time you die, you get a new hero. Yeah. And... Everybody has, like, you know, everybody has characters that you know that's their best character. Yeah. 
And just that that feeling of like friendship and understanding of each other that you know the moment you see one of your friends is on their main, you're like, okay, we got this game yeah. now. They they're just gonna tear it up. They're just gonna go, and it's just. I mean, the, it says something the, to me too. Like my favorite character, I cannot play at all. <laughs> I'm awful at him. <laughs> Who are you awful at? McCree. Character. McCree. Jesse McCree. Yeah. Noon. No, I'm. Um, no, I just love Junkrat just because. I remember the first time I ever played him and I heard that there was an actual character in a video game that said Cobba. <clears throat> I was like, holy shit, awesome. This is like, you know, they're so f- goddamn Australian. Yeah. And it just makes me so happy to, to sit there and, you know, the characters have such personality and such um, interaction that it's, you know, yeah. it's hard not to fall in love with the characters. All right, Jack, do you have anything to say about Overwatch? Do you have it, I do, ever I played do, it? I do not, no. Nothing to say about Overwatch. (laughs) All right. What's your last one, Jack? Uh, My last one and my favorite first-person shooter of all time. And I'm just going to double-check real quick what it is on my top 25 list. Top games list. I think we've both got the same top game. It's number seven. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think we've both got the same top game. Yeah. Uh, Mine is Escape from... No. Um, My... uh, My favorite first person shoot of all time is far cry 3 um far cry far cry 3 is again like a couple of games just absolutely caught me off guard and there's a few different reasons like i really love this game it's the first game i ever played with a surround sound headset so i went from just obviously just playing games through the tv for you know as long as i've been playing games and the first like I remember the first time playing this game and you just get out into the world and all you've got is like a shitty handgun and I think a knife maybe and like cruising up on the like some of the patrols like Vasa's patrols and you're in the grass and you try and like shoot them and then you gotta like run away and hide you're like sitting in the long grass and I remember like having my headset on and being like hearing like the footsteps of the enemies like behind me and to my right and being able to like turn around and like fucking pop pop um but uh, I, I love everything about Far Cry. I Far Cry Three. I like. I don't, some people think that the protagonist is shit, but I actually really like Jason Brody. I think that he. I think the game, like, is what it is. Like, it, it just gives you a guy who is not fucking Rambo. He's not B.J. Blazkowicz. He's not you know super soldier. He's just like a bro dude who's like on holiday with his like bro dude friends, and then they they like they get on this like tropical island and then there's just these like fucking random locals who just like fucking shit up and drugs and kidnapping and murdering and stuff and it's like fuck and there's like local tribe and um it has Vas which is could be like my favorite villain of any game ever um just an awesome performance um fuck what's his name who does who plays Vas um it escapes me now but just it like that character like when you first meet him and you're in like the cage or whatever and he's like do I tell you what the definition of insanity is and like he's just like he's eerie and he's creepy and he's like charismatic and um spoilers for Far Cry 3 but have you guys played it? I have yep. yeah yeah like halfway through the game you kill him yeah so like he's the, like the big bad and you're like cool um this I is gonna be I think from that l- point on it, it lost me 
Really? See, yeah, I, I was not a, I was not a bigger fan of that game after he died. See, I still, I was so, di- I was so disappointed. I was like, I was like, fuck, I'm so, like, I was hoping for him to somehow miraculous, miraculously yeah. come back towards the end of the game. But um, I still like, you know, Hoyt becomes the, um, becomes the, the villain um, for the rest of the game, and there's just so many. Like Far Cry Three was a game of moments for me. It was a game of like running up on a on a um, outpost and throwing a rock and then like or sniping from like 50 meters away or like getting a tiger in there and just like just trashing the joint and fucking setting shit on fire and bow and arrow and like all the different guns and it was just like I just had the most fun I've had in a, in like a game. Like yeah. it was one of, it was one of the most fun I've ever had playing a game. And from start to finish, it's a blast. Like all the side characters are awesome. Like I love the um the CIA character who's in like every Far Cry game. He just sort of shows up and he's there. And um he's in Far Cry Four. And you know the guy with the plane. Flying yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking previous yeah. Far Crys. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um. And um. You know, like there's some really cool missions as well. Like there's some, like there's the blowing up of like the burning down of the weed, um, like the the marijuana plantation, and um, there's like yeah, there's some there's some awesome bits. So yeah. I um I loved it. I, I loved from the, like the moment it. I was like shattered when the game when I finished with the game. I was like, oh, I just wanted more and more and more of it. Um, I'm super like I cannot wait for Far Cry Five to come yeah. out. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an amazing game. It's up there for me, but my favourite is Far Cry 2. Like, Far Cry 3, you progressively get... Like, you start off with nothing. You progressively get power, like mm. more powerful, better get guns, the upgrade, upgrade, yep. craft this, get better this. But Far Cry 2 for me was like... The world is hostile and it stays hostile. You don't get any better. Mm. It's like your guns... Because it's set in Africa and the beginning of the game you got malaria and you have to find medicine to treat the malaria and because they're in Africa they've all got shitty old weapons that aren't maintained properly and the weapons you get break and you're like oh fuck I'm in the middle of a firefight my gun's jammed <laughs> they wear down it's like I can appreciate Far Cry 3 but it's not my favourite and I'm, as much as I'm keen for Far Cry 5 I'm worried it's just going to be the same again in a different setting possibly I think yeah. I think what like I really liked Far Cry Four as well, but I yeah. think what let me down on Far Cry Four was the story, yeah. and that the protagonist was not very interesting. Mm. The side characters were not very interesting. Like the side characters in Far Cry Three were awesome. Like there's this tribe chick who's like, yeah. "Is she crazy? Is she not crazy? She's pretty hot, but does she want me? Does she not want me?" There's this sort of like thing going on there. And then there's the like the black dude who's um, I forget his name, but he's like the like the kind of local guide guy and he's sort of like your mate and then but is he going to double cross you um and like the villains were you know like even Hoyt I thought was like fine like he was yeah he wasn't Vass and Vass was amazing but um you know Void was still a good villain um but even in um uh in Far Cry 4 the um what's his name Pagan Min like he was really good but there was not enough of him. What um, I loved the most about Far Cry Four is that you could finish the game. Yeah, in, in like the first five minutes. Yeah, yeah. just one di- when he goes away and you just, like, stay just there, wait, wait for him to come back, and he yeah. comes back and you finish the game. Yeah, and he literally explains the whole plot and all the twists and everything for you. He's yeah. like, yeah. yeah, he tells you like right then and there. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's a cool touch. So I, I hope that I'm I'm a little bit worried with Far Cry. 4 five as well because i feel like they're going because they're like i can play as any one of these characters and you'd like you know there's i haven't like i haven't paid much attention to it because i do like to avoid 
trailers yep. and spoilers and that kind of thing but I haven't I, like I've seen some of the stuff where it's like oh you can play as this character and you can have this side character with you or you can play as or like I don't want to be that because um, what I loved about like what I loved about Far Cry 3 was that I felt like I, not relatable to the character but I felt like this could be a real story like there's yep. a character here that I can you know get behind because he's just like a dude bro with dude bro yep. mates and he's just trying to like survive and like he's fucking scared and his brother's kidnapped and his friends are all kidnapped and his girlfriend's gone and like he just wants to get his he just wants his mates back like that's all yep. that it was and there was like a story that I could like get behind but yep for like Far Cry 5 if you're just like the like and that was I had that issue with Far Cry 2 was that there was no personal story there was just you were the nameless voiceless you know camera behind the gun Um, whereas Far Cry 3 and even 4 there was a story but I'm hoping Mm. that if I feel like Far Cry 5 was going back to that Far Cry 2 thing where it's like oh you just pick the avatar and then you go and play do you have anything any memories with Far Cry 3 Kieran? Nothing, like, huge, except for Vass. Like, for me, Vass is on the same level as Mark Hamill's Joker in Arkham Asylum. Yep. Um, that he holds such reverence for me as a character that I just love it. Um, like, for me, comparing him to Mark Hamill is a massive respect. Um, I think it was Michael Mando. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's also on Black... The... Uh, not Black Mirror. Um, Orphan Black. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he was fantastic. And for me, it was a disappointment as soon as he died. Cause I was like, Oh, I was yeah. like, oh okay. Crap, white guy, actually... overlord, white guy villain. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Oh, I've actually killed this guy that I've been chasing. You know, it's a bit like that Batman Joker relationship that like, you know, you kind of exist because of him and then you lose him and yeah. you're like, uh, okay. But no, other than that, like I love Far Cry. My problem is for me, Far Cry gameplay kind of just blends all together in my memory mm. i can't really like I, it's so they're great games and i always love my time with them but they're not games that i look back on and can remember specific things yeah just yeah for me that's fair all right um before we go into the last one tweet us ask us what we think about far cry 5 because by the time you hear this it'll already be out and tell us what you think of far cry 5 um, and that's the end of the show. We don't need to hear Nick's last one. Uh, <laughs> okay. My last one <laughs> is the suspense is killing me. Escape from Tarkov. Oh, <gasps> my no Battle State Games. No way. It is. <laughs> no, I don't believe that. You're uh, right. joking. It's time splitters. <laughs> time splitters. <laughs> time splitters. Jet Force Gemini. No. Um. Escape from Tarkov is a game, it's about the moments more than the game itself. Like, the firefights you can get into that game is so tense and adrenaline building and after you're done you are still shaking for moments afterwards because it's it's hard to explain without anyone playing it and it's a very niche game to try and get anyone to play. Like, it's so hardcore, like, you have to reload your magazines, yeah, there's medical system where each limbs can get broken, damaged, blacked out. You have to take painkillers, hydration in the middle of a fight and everything you can take into a game, you can lose forever if you die and somebody else takes it. Or you can insure your gear. So if you die and nobody takes it, 
You get just, it back just then. Just the fact that there's goddamn insurance in a game <laughs> blows my mind. Is that with in? Do you use in-game currency to purchase the insurance? Yeah, or so is it there's micro- no real money. It's like you no. money you earn through the game. Like the loot that you pick up, you can keep or sell to traders and buy stuff off traders. And there's the the last like two or three months they've introduced quests as well. That like you have to build reputation with the traders. The build reputation like you and the traders play off each other so if you build a reputation with one trader you lose reputation off another one because they're like at odds with each other in the games like lore and stuff like that it's just at the moment it's in a beta state but just the moments you have in that game just elevate it to above anything else that i've played i was watching you play it today well kind of my internet at the place of my work it's currently really bad but i was watching you play today and i was just so it's like one of those games where i watch it and i'm like i'm, I'm gonna play this game at some point <laughs> and i know it's coming it's coming and it's just like you just had your night visual go- vision goggles on you were like flicking through menus while shooting at people yeah. i'm like oh god fucking hell <laughs> like this is some righto okay um it's just it, it's I love once again I love how much you love this game and I love making fun of how much you love this game because it's just a meme but it's you know to see how often you play it and how much you love it and you're excited it's not even the real game yet it's not even like the no, full thing just, you're not even at the moment it the full game is going to be you have to escape all these different instances to eventually escape Tarkov in itself and you have a hideout and you have to and there's persistent damage and stuff like that but at the moment it's just you boot up an individual like instance raid it's called with other players in it and you have to get out but that's all it is over and over again there's no kind of there's like over persistences of like your kit but other than that there's no persistence either it's just testing it like getting the mechanics down right Mm. and they constantly releasing new stuff to test that out before it goes into full 1.0. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's one of those things where we recently got asked, well, it'll be a couple of weeks ago now, we got asked questions about whether Tarkov would ever come to console and Dylan and me were both instantly like, no. No, I can't. Chance, like, I can't see it ever coming to a console myself. Just not even the fact with the menus and stuff. Like, you could do it clunkily, but there's also so many finicky controls like you use the mouse wheel to scroll up and down to change your walking speed and you hold c and you press up and down to change your stance height so you go from crouch and then there's like 15 or 20 different levels <laughs> of like crouch height Jesus and what peaking and you can swap scopes swap manif- magnifications on the go when there's like lights and stuff and night vision stuff that you turn on and off it, through the game as well it's a game that like i I feel like I'd love to play and there's been games like that before that I've like tried to play but I just don't have the attention span for it yeah. and like I look at that and I'm like oh, it looks so cool and like I could like the nitty gritty of like how realistic it is and I liken it to how I used to try and play and this is like a weird comparison but stay with me I used to play like the cricket games and I would yeah. play like a test match and I would try and play like a full five day test. I'm like, I'm going to play a five day test match every ball and I'm going to leave ball. I'm going to leave <laughs> balls and block balls. I'm not going to play any shots and I'll play a full five day. And I'd get like five overs in and I'd be like, simulate yeah. like, kind of thing. So like, it's similar to, to that in like, I watch it and I watch you play it and I've watched a few, like if I always see you, every, like most of the time when you're hosting someone on Twitch, it's 
someone playing Tarkov. Yeah. And like I jump in and I love like the deepness of it. And it's like, I'd love to be able to get lost in a game like that, but I just know yeah. that my attention span wouldn't be able to hold me in there. Um, I'm going to link like a video long. in the, in the show description too, to kind of, it shows the kind of stuff I'm trying to explain, just the tension of the firefight. It's like two guys versus six and just the way they're frantically trying to communicate, going, he's over here, he's over here, you cover this way. Are they I'll speaking in Russian or are they speaking no, English? No, no, they're English. Oh, good, English. good. <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> but yeah, it's, like I said, it's niche. It's a niche of a niche, but it's something that just speaks to me on a deep level that mm. I just love. Um, this has been the longest episode of Top 5 yet. Thank you both for being on. Thank um, you for having me. You can email... You're welcome themes and topic suggestions to donutexplosionnetwork.com I'd love it if you rate and review us on iTunes if you don't use Apple accounts you can do other things for us as well like word of mouth telling your friends spread the show that way because we don't really spend much on advertising so your word of mouth uh, helps a lot um, just tell people about it go hey you like top fives come listen to this show and <laughs> other shows on the Explosion Network um, you can find everything else the Explosion Network does explosionnetwork.com you can find all of us streaming over at twitch.tv slash Explosion Network. You can find Kieran at... Your boy Ringo. And you can find Jack. Plug everything you do for us. Uh, you can find me at cruisy underscore mate pretty much everywhere. It's K-R-U-S-E-Y underscore mate. Except YouTube, which is <laughs> minus the underscore. Um, check out It Is What It Is over on We Are 8-Bit. Um, head over to Twitch. Um, give me a follow there. And, uh, and yeah keep on keeping on thank you again everyone for tuning in i hope you've enjoyed yourself and see you in a fortnight bye bye bye